welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongosa. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongosa National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls! Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. I'm your host, Emily, and I'm so excited to be bringing you episode 20 with Sarah Goodman, founder and CEO of Chewies. Before we get into this episode, I want to make sure everyone had a wonderful holiday and we're wishing you all a beautiful start to 2022. So, Sarah Goodman, as I mentioned, is the founder and CEO of Chewies. So Sarah is a nutritionist and a serial entrepreneur with a ridiculous love of snacks. She spent seven years in tech before making the switch to the CPG food business when launching Chewies February of 2021. And they've been on a solid trajectory ever since. The first store they were in was Whole Foods. So, I mean, that's a pretty great start if you ask me. So at Chewies, they're passionate about creating 100% natural snacks that taste amazing and pack a nutritional punch. So they use upcycled fruits and as much of the fruit as possible, including the skin, which is amazing, for a fiber-filled, delicious, superfood snack to bring for your lunch, on the go, top of a mountain. And as I kind of was chatting with Sarah, I said it's great for kids, I think, too, because they're always looking for snacks. I don't know about your children, but mine always wanting a snack. (laughs) So in this episode, you'll learn tips for securing financing as a female entrepreneur. So Sarah has a lot of experience with that. And it was really interesting to hear her input. And I think anyone listening will get amazing insights out of that. We talk about what being a serial entrepreneur has taught Sarah and what she's learned to let go of. Hint, it's a lot. Um, How the idea of Chewies was actually years in the making, even though she started it couple years ago, working on it, that is, it was really something that was years in the making because she'd been making these kiwi chips for years and years. So that was really cool to hear that story come together. We talk about the biggest challenges she's experienced while growing Chewies and why remaining women-owned is a huge priority for Chewies as they continue to grow. I hope you love this interview as much as I did. I know you're all going to love Sarah. She's super authentic tick and the business she's creating is amazing and the branding is beautiful and bright. So I can't wait for you all to listen. Let's get to it. Here's episode 20 featuring Sarah Goodman. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So we're going to jump right on into the opening segment. We don't waste any time here. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? Well, I'm grateful that I'm healthy I've got a like safe place to live in a beautiful area in Squamish. I'm able to go outside and do the things that help me stay grounded and balanced, like hiking and snowboarding and ski touring, things like that. And yeah, I, I'm just grateful that after the past two years, I'm still uh, sane. <laughs> We're still here. We're still doing still it. Still doing right? it. <laughs> yes. I was doing kind of a, 
you know, reflection of the year, which I like to do. And I kind of had that thought too. I, I was thinking to myself, you know, for all the wildness in the world, I feel I had a great year. And I, I do want to say that I know not everyone did, but I feel yeah. good that I was able to kind of keep a lot of things, you know, on, on a decent high vibe. <laughs> given yeah. all the circumstances. I had like this past year, I was just talking to my husband about this last night. This past year was like probably the craziest year, busiest year that I've ever had. We, after three times uh, rescheduling, got married, sold a place, bought a place. And I started Chiwis early 2021. And so like, it's been like, that was a huge year. This year is the year of like calm, <laughs> not too many plans. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <the> business. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you just have that small thing of owning the whole business, but you know, that's okay. Compared to like also having a wedding and, you know, moving a house, at least you don't, you won't have that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. (laughs) Awesome. So what inspires you daily? What are some things that really get you excited to, you know, do the work you're doing, build this business? What inspires you? I'm like a very goal oriented person and I I have, I've had a few businesses before this, like when we first met in uh, post-grad, I was running a health tech company and I learned a lot in tech and I'm so, and working in food now. So like Chiwis is a retail snack brand and where we make like upcycled fruit chips that, that are crispy and delicious and have nothing added. This company is way, is really fun. Like the food business is really fun. The brand is very much like, you know, we are the customers. It's very different. I'm inspired by like, I just get up, I'm excited to work, but also, you know, I have a really awesome dog that I take out every morning and I live in Squamish. So I get to like go outside, look at the mountains and you can't like feel bad about life. You know, like even if you're to wake up on the wrong side of the bed, like getting out there, like, wait a minute, none of this matters. Like everything's fine. It's fine. And I think that like moment of Zen kind of in the morning really helps. Instead of like a getting up, go, go, go. Like, you know, I used to live in the city and, you know, all right, this is it. Going into traffic and all that. It's very different. Like I'm very, very inspired by my surroundings Mm -hmm. and they help like bring me to a calmer level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I recently moved from Vancouver to Langley. I should say recently. It goes fast. It was like two years ago. (laughs) But I, I was kind of surprised at how much I prefer living in kind of the spaciousness that I have now. And I think for me, and maybe you can relate to this too, is it's easy to get into the madness. Like if I feel like I want a night out with my friends or like I want to try out a cool new restaurant, it's like 40 minutes. It's like not Mm -hmm. some big deal to get to kind of a major city. So I really like that ability to choose because I prefer to be in the calm. I really do. Oh God, me too. (laughs) Me too. It's like stressful going into the city for me now. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's like, like the lanes are so tiny. <laughs> People drive very, very not good. <laughs> and I actually, I go down probably like once a week. I go and check on stores and like you know have meetings, things like that. But it's just so nice up here. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful and inspired by just my surroundings here. Mother Nature does it again. <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? And I always preface if she would listen because you know. Some of us weren't the best at taking advice in the younger <laughs> years, myself, but I would love to hear what is something that you would kind of wish you could have imparted upon yourself then? Probably like slow down. You don't have to go so fast, like be it like growing up. And also like, I honestly, even to this day have like two speeds. What if, if I'm working, if I'm out 
being active or anything. I'm either like going super duper fast or I'm like horizontal. <laughs> I'm either Netflix and chill or like, like screaming down a mountain or working and like multitasking and trying to do like everything at once. And I still am working on this. I'm still telling my now self <laughs> just to yeah. calm down and take it easy because it's really like, I don't think that going at that speed, well, one, I know it's not attainable. Like I've burnt out in my, in my past like positions. And now I actually take a lot of time to reflect on how I'm feeling. And if I'm getting to that point of like exhaustion, I do go and I don't feel bad about like either going out of like cell service when camping for a weekend or going snowboarding or uh, going for a hike with a dog or something like that. So that is something that I would have told myself then probably wouldn't have listened and I'm still telling myself now. Yeah, but it's a really, I think, powerful lesson to keep learning Yeah, because I think there was this overarching narrative in entrepreneurship a little while ago. It's kind of fading out for the most part, but this hustle culture, right? And that you can't be successful unless you burn yourself to the ground, basically. And Mm -hmm. I just don't believe in that. I don't believe that's true. I've seen it in my own life that actually the more rest I take, the more I'm able to show up the way I want to. Because a burnt out brain is not going to get you the results that you want. So it's actually you conserve time by like what you said, taking that time when you can feel that kind of build up. So Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. So good. Yeah, man. I used to do tons of pitch competitions when I was in tech. I've done more like just presentations with Chewies, but did a ton of these pitch competitions, always pitching against a bunch of dudes. And I remember so many times he'll be like, yeah, well, how many hours do you work? And I was like, I don't know, eight, nine a day, maybe. And they're like, oh, I, I work 14. And I was like, cool, man. Like, there's no prize. Really yeah, for you. Yeah, there is no prize. And if I think that if you do take that time to do something that like grounds you, when you are working, you're going to get more done. That's There's no exactly reason it. to work for 12 hours half-ass than work Ooh. for six at like full capacity. Absolutely. And your brain, I really feel, can only focus so much and do so much in a day. And other outside of that, and everyone's might be a little bit different, but outside of that time, you're really just kind of wasting time. And yeah. like you said, it would be better spent by you going in Netflix and chilling or taking a walk outside with your dog or whatever kind of grounds you and gets you kind of relaxed. And then when you come back from that, you're ready to go. So you know, it's funny. Um, when I first started working in the tech business, like I, I had started dating my now husband then, and I was working from home and I was like, Oh my God, like, I feel so bad if I'm not working for eight hours straight. Like I'm screwed. Like I had two co-founders I'm screwing them over. And he was like, man, I like he worked in tech at a big company. He's like, people work for like two, three hours a day. <laughs> like the rest of the time is just spent not doing much. And I, I like, I never have been able to do that, but it was just funny to hear that. <laughs> Yes, totally. As (laughs) someone who, and I know you're highly creative as well. And so I think a lot of people can relate to this if you're a very creative person too. You need the blank space. Like you need time where you're not, your brain isn't really doing things, whether it's walking, reading, anyways, just kind of like to clear it out. That's Mm. when always my best ideas come, you know, is when I'm leaving that space. So I think it's, yeah, it's so important for everyone. But I think especially if you're someone who has a lot of creativity. It's like you need that to even be able to get that creativity out. Yeah. What's one mantra you like to live your life by? Uh, so I was talking to my friend about this on the way home when I got your questions. And 
we were like, I, I don't know if I really have one. And we were, we were wondering, is it better to just say something very cliche here or just, be, no, it's not. Of course not. <laughs> but really the thing that we were talking about was that, especially like for me in this business, like I have a lot of really big goals and I can stress myself out by like, like, oh my God, well, like, why did we only do X amount of sales? We should have done more. Like I have some investors. I raised like a small seed round right when COVID started from my like home office. And I hold myself very like accountable for everything. Obviously you should, but almost to the point like, oh, I have to do this for them. These guys don't ask me for anything. Like they're like, great job. This is good. And in the, so my mantra, I guess, in the end, a lot of the stuff that you're freaking out about doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I think like just being able to take deep breaths and just be like, okay, look outside, look around you. What is really like the most important thing? I'll never get over not being just like, oh my gosh, go, 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 like must do better. But uh, again, it's what's like the calming down and like slowing down. It's that same thing. Like just take a breath. It is not, none of it is that big of a deal. Yes. There you go. None of, none of it's that big of a deal. There's your uh, mantra. <laughs> yeah. My friend who I was driving home with last night, this morning, she was like, here's a, she's like, here's an example mantra you can use today. It was so long, but it's from um, Carl Sagan. And he said, he was like, or it's from an, it was a quote by him, but it was a astronaut looking at the earth being like this little speck. And this sunbeam is where like everybody has existed, all the hopes and dreams, all the parents, all the, everybody in the world. Like, and the whole thing was like, you just don't matter. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think to me, well, another one that's, it's, it's funny because I, I say mantras and some people are very like right away, they, they kind of have some, but a mantra can even be things you notice yourself kind of repeating to yourself during the day. So yeah, it can just be like, okay, take a deep breath. Nothing's that serious. Like that is a mantra yeah. to me because it's something you probably repeat to yourself. But another one that came up as you were talking for me is it's like, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And like yeah, most yeah. of it, most of it is small stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I love it. And thank <laughs> you for not just trying to find some cliche because that, no, not. that's not my style <laughs> at all. I know it's not. <laughs> I know it's absolutely not your stuff. So what, um, what or who I should say has been your biggest teacher so far? Um, definitely my dad. So my dad and I co-founded the tech company. He's a doctor and a genius inventor man. And we created a product that helps people get healthier, like consumers by using an app and a device. And even like growing up, we were very different and we actually butted heads all the time. Um, like I was very much like a against authority but I was a good kid I just like wanted to do whatever the hell I wanted but I wasn't very like school motivated I wanted to like learn about life and go experience things and it wasn't until I so I'm originally from Ontario but it wasn't until I moved to BC like I ended up visiting a friend in Whistler and living there for five years but it wasn't until then that like we really really started bonding and then I had studied nutrition and became a nutritionist and started just helping him out, him and his, our other co-founder out with this one problem. And we ended up developing this company. And he's always also from like, when I was younger, always just been like the same, like don't sweat the small stuff type stuff. Like just, just remain calm. That's the only thing that matters is that you remain calm. Don't overreact to things. Don't like it. It's, Cause yeah, none of it's really that important type thing. But you know, one, he's taught me a lot, just like how to be a very, he's the most positive person I know in the business, like having the chance to grow this company for seven years with him and our other co-founder, I, I handled everything like front facing marketing, branding, 
product development, all of that other than coding and like, you know, inventing the actual like circuit boards in our device. And so that all of that, learning all of that and having the opportunity to have learned it and done it hands-on with like a very long leash, like they both trust me to do it, made building Chiwis so much easier than like, obviously when you have experience, but like doing all of those things, I wasn't scared. I, I had I had a base of like financials, everything, building the business, like the legalities of it, all of that. And so, you know, he has provided the ability to just in personal life, teach me a lot of things. And then, you know, working together for that long and helping develop that business, which is still a business. I'm still like on the board and everything, but you know, you can only talk about aortic stiffness for so so long. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, So yeah, definitely him. Oh, that's amazing. This segue is perfect into something that I wanted to talk to you about, which is really your career as an entrepreneur. But I'm realizing too that I always find this incredible when I can kind of weave together how these certain experiences that you've had in your life have got you to here. So to me, it's kind of no uh, surprise that, yeah, first of all, you had experience as an entrepreneur before founding Chewies. And then also you were a nutritionist. So now you're back into food again, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. So can you tell us a bit about, I guess, how you got into entrepreneurship to begin with? And then what led you, like, how did you start Chiwis? Yeah. So I'm definitely not one to work at a cubicle for a company. I think I have to be so motivated that if things go wrong, it's all my fault. (laughs) I just, I've never worked in an office like that. I've always been an entrepreneur other than, you know, I worked at music venues in Vancouver. I worked at the Commodore and the Vogue for many years, bartending. So like did that, but that was just super fun. Um, When I left Whistler, I went to Capilano University and I went to school and I ended up doing like a business and music management diploma and left that you do like six months of practicums. I did like a record label and then another like music branding agency. And I left that one and started my own company in music, managing bands and doing like tour publicity and radio publicity, which I was like, this is so cool. Working with bands. Turns out not very rewarding working with independent musicians. <laughs> like it's, it was fun. It was fun. I was doing my own thing, but it was just like, uh, I come from a very medical family, like uh, on my dad's side, my sister's a nurse, my dad's a doctor, lots of like that kind of stuff going on. And I kind of like had that I wanted to help people more. I'd always been obsessed with like health and food. I ended up becoming a personal trainer at first. And I like trained people that was all right. But then I was like, you're not allowed to really give any nutritional insight to people. It's actually not legal. And so I went back to school for about two years and became a nutritionist. Cause just cause like, and I, and I right away started doing, I started my own company again, did like consulting, had an office of my own downtown which I actually would make like natural snacks and make more money selling the natural snacks out of the office than like consulting, but just like educating people, doing talks, doing grocery tour, store tours, stuff like that. And then when I was doing that, I started chatting with my dad and our other co-founder about this other thing. And that kind of snowballed into seven years of working in tech, which like was super cool. We were always remote. So like this whole like COVID thing hasn't changed anything for me, because it's always been that way. But yeah, I got really, really ingrained in the tech community of Vancouver, raised a bunch of money, did tons of panels. Yeah, I developed this company that was doing like, you know, sales all over the world. And then about like two years ago, I was like, I'm so over this. Because like, it was my dad's baby, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he had developed this way to get this metric 
like measuring the stiffness of your aorta to tell you how old you were internally through the finger. Uh, and I was very good at regurgitating this information that was very sciencey, but also making it relatable. But man, talking about that for like that many years, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I could tell it was like, I'd gotten burnt out and I wanted to do something else. And so on the evenings and weekends, I started like just doing research into the food business because I had been making kiwi chips, which is how we started. Cause I loved, I had this like really good dehydrator. I'd always make like camping meals and snacks. And I made kiwi chips for like, I swear, for five to 10 years and would take them all over the place. And it was just like kiwi with the skin on, super thinly sliced, dried till they were crisp. And I would take them all around with me and people were like, for years, which is like, I would love to like buy these. And they taste like healthy Sour Patch Kids. And like, these are so cool. I've never seen them anywhere else. And I never thought anything of it. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm not, I didn't even think, yes, well, one day I'll make a business out of this. And then, yeah, a couple of years ago, I just started thinking maybe I could, like, I love branding. I love, love like package design. I love like building and creating. And so I made a, like a temporary package on 99 designs. I had like these pack, 50 packages sent to me from China, from this manufacturer in China. I made a bunch and put them into bags, even heat sealed them and brought them on adventures. And I would just bring them out and people would be like, Oh, what's that? And I'd be like, Oh, I bought these. And I would get like honest kind of reviews from people. And once I thought, okay, this could be a thing and learned about the margins of necessary. Like I did a lot of research, did consulting with people before I like took the jump into doing it. And then, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I went full time and we launched with the two like kiwi chip varieties. And then about two months ago ish, we launched three new non kiwi fruit chips using like upcycled fruits, the skin, as much of the fruit as possible. Yeah. And so it's a really fun and I've got some really like, great people like advisors and investors behind it and so yeah it's been really fun I'm like I was really nervous about coming back like during the first day of 2022 because I'm like I've got a lot of again big really big goals and I've got a lot of weight on my shoulders it feels like which I should just calm down (laughs) well I mean I here's the thing I am actually quite similar I think to you in that I have extremely high standards I would say and high expectations like if I and so I I really do relate to that but I've started to lean into this idea that obviously it's still I think great to have these goals and what happens if you don't get to them like you'll probably get close right yeah and if you don't exactly hit it that's okay and the other fun thing is you might actually go beyond it right so we're good I actually I emailed two of my advisors this morning because I was like I want to have a chat about like the the following things. And one of the things was like, I'm going to be raising more money soon. But one of the things was like, a lot of times when you're doing projections and you're doing this kind of thing where you're raising money, people go out and they put these like big blue sky numbers like, okay, well, we're going to do like $2 million this year. And then we're going to do 10 the next, like, is it better to lower the expectations and beat them out than consistently, which people don't do. People always will put, but I don't know, like mentally, I feel like it's probably better to definitely do that. But uh, it's tough because, you know, people want to see that it's going to be crazy success. Mm -hmm. But I think in some ways this can be kind of a talking point too, as in we feel that these numbers are actually conservative and we would prefer that, you know, we're kind of going above and beyond. And yeah, these are conservative numbers, but we know we're going to get them and probably beyond, you know, like I I think psychologically that must be a better thing too. (laughs) I would prefer that personally. Yeah. You know what? It's something I didn't put on the question list, but now that we're talking, I'm really curious. 
so sorry to spring this on you, but I'm wondering how did you, because you've done this a couple times now, how do you go about finding investors? How does that happen? And do you think, because you kind of mentioned in tech anyway, specifically, you were often, these were at competitions, but you were often like the only woman. And do you think that like women asking for money is different in any way, shape or form? Oh, yes. Especially in tech. In tech, it was so hard. Also, the product that I was pitching was like hard, harder to understand. It it's very different raising money for something like GUEs, which I can be like, hey, I'm going to send you a pack of these. You can eat them. Like it's a consumable. It's not like a one-time right. purchase. If someone likes it, they're going to continue to buy. You can touch it and feel it and see it. In tech, it was very hard. And lots of times when I was pitching or like even sitting down with investors, they'd be like, oh, that's a great little idea. Small blonde girl. Like you and your dad built this. That's cute. And I'd be like, we sold $500,000 worth of this stuff. Are you serious? Like, give me a break. And it was, yeah, it was really like demotivating. But then with Chiwis, what, so what I would suggest to any entrepreneur that is looking to raise money, there's a few things. There's a few like warnings and a few go ahead and do these before, you know, just reaching out. First off, there's so many people who will try to like take advantage of you when you're a young entrepreneur, especially I'm saying I have investors and advisors. These are people who like I actually have become close with and I ask them to do be an advisor after the fact. If someone's asking you to, for a chunk of your company to advise you and give you advice, then that is like, and you don't know them and they're just saying a bunch of promises. No, I had that happen to me so many times. People just like flat out LinkedIn or like finding you at a pinch competition and being like, oh, this person looks like they're a bit naive. I can help them. If anyone asks you for undiluted equity, you never, ever, 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 ever. <clears throat> I got asked to do that two times in tech. So that's something not to do. Don't flat out be like, like I've gotten reached out um, or I've gotten entrepreneurs reaching out to me saying like, yeah, should I go on LinkedIn and ask people if they want to do, if they want to invest? No, you have to have a relationship with these people. And the best way is to find one person that you really admire in the industry you're in. Ask them to, if they can chat, not to pick their brain. Say, I want to, have the, I have this one question for you. Could we have a coffee? Could I buy you lunch? Or could we do a call quickly about this thing? You start to get a personal relationship with them. And then also, can you review my deck, my pitch deck? Have all this ready. If someone is like intimately working on it with you, they're more like pushed towards potentially if they believe in it, investing or sharing with their, their um, network. So I had known a bunch of people in tech that I had pitched the tech company to. And I had a couple people who reached out and asked what I was doing now because they saw that I was doing something different. And I just mentioned that we, I was going to be raising. And I actually, it was a very simple raise, a very easy to understand raise. And about 50% of people that came in, I'd never met before. They were just like intros from others. And I, I, it was during COVID. I didn't meet anybody face to face. Everything was over Zoom or phone. And 50% of the investors are women, which was super cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, Chiwis is like a certified women-owned company by this company called WeConnect, which are international. So we have on the back of our bag that we're women-owned and it will always be 51% and plus women-owned and operated. So that's like super important to me. In food, I think there's far more female founders than in tech. So I don't think that was like a, an issue at all. But yeah, it, raising money is hard and it, it's like, you know, you have to be very, very ready for rejection. But I have huge goals. I'm very much this raise before in tech, it was a lot of like almost like sucking up. It was awful. It was sucked. Ugh. With this one, I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the deal. This is my story. Do you like it? If if you do, cool. If not, all right. 
And yeah. that was it. Like, totally. you know what? I think that that's kind of like separation is super important in life in general, but I love how you kind of illustrated that. It's like, you believe in this, right? You know, it's an amazing product and you're, you'll do your best to present why it's incredible. And then it's kind of take it or leave it at that point, because yeah. you want someone that's going to be like, yes, like a hard hundred percent. Yes. Almost right away. I think. Yeah. You know, because those are the type, uh, to me, that this is a bit woo-woo, but even that's the energy you want is like yeah. someone who's so into it that they're like, yep, this is great. Like, let's do it. Or maybe they yeah. have a few questions and they can kind of get right into it. And of course, the money is what you also want because that helps yeah. the business grow. But I think that's so important to have a little bit of that separation and just kind of yeah. take it or leave it. And like, you, I feel like you never want to have any inkling of desperation too. No, no. And you also like another thing, obviously this is very important, but you really, really have to know like your numbers and your margins and all of that. Like basically be ready as if you were going on Dragon's End or Shark Tank or whatever, because people will ask you. And if you don't have that, like you're just going to look like you don't know what you're doing. So having that, like having a deck that you present and then an appendix at the end, or just having it ready. Like I was always ready right away with like any questions people had for me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. That is great, great advice. <laughs> Told us a little bit about kind of what got you started on with Chewies. And I didn't know that it was something you kind of had been doing for 10 years, really. <laughs> but I would love to talk a little bit because we're both kind of branding geeks. I would love to talk a bit about the branding. And so how that kind of all came to be and what's the vision behind the branding for, for Chewies. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I made them forever. I, I honestly just never thought of it. And, and then I, when I did market research, it doesn't even exist. We were the first brand in North America. There's one more right now, but you have a competitor. Yeah. They're from the States and they're male owned and we're going to blow them out of the water. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so actually my husband came up with a name because it was Kiwi chips. He was like Chiwis, which was great. We trademarked it. And with the brand, I wanted it to just like be really, really bright and you know, draw someone's eye. One of the best things, like if anyone listening to this is in food, one of the best things that I was told when I did consulting with this woman who was just like a veteran of the food business was take the pack that you have, like the package, go into the store and put it beside like where you want it located, where you, where you would think would be the best place for it to be located beside your competitors, put it on the shelf and take a picture and then leave. Don't, and also don't ask the managers if you can do this. Cause I did that. And I was like, shot down, ask for forgiveness never permission. <laughs> and so I had this like bag sign that I thought was pretty cool. And it wasn't, <laughs> it was, so, it looked so stupid on the shelf. It like, you couldn't tell anything about it. I also sent a lot of these bags out to friends and family. And I was like, could you video somebody like give it to someone videotape them looking at it, opening it and everything. And like, it said kiwi chips huge on the bag. And people would open it and be like, oh my God, it's Kiwis. And I was like, okay, so we obviously need pictures of the product on the front. Right. It needs to be brighter. And so we developed the first two, like to have the bright green and blue packaging for each flavor. And now we like all of them together look so great on a shelf. Like we're doing these big, like those like display shippers, which are, have a few racks and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I wanted it to look like, I also really wanted it to look like it was a big brand, not just me. And I did a few before COVID, I did like one conference, I don't know, during COVID where people were like, oh, is this available like all over Canada? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like we're pretty small at uh, that point. Not yet um, is what you say. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, it could be. So like, it actually looks, it looks like super legit. And when I had talked to some people in the food business, they're like, oh, just get started. 
your bag will change, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, not a thing I'm doing. They're also like, you have to start in farmer's markets. And I was like, not a chance. This is going, No, you're <laughs> I'm not. not spending. I'm just one, not spending the weekend at the farmer's market every weekend. I'm also going to get this into stores. Like it's just, the, and then we did right away. The first account was Whole Foods. So like. <gasps> that is so amazing. I love that. <laughs> uh, you know, what's interesting is our packaging it's funny. It reminds me, it's obviously not the same, but our packaging is also, it's, there's reminiscent parts. Like it's very bright. It really stands out on the shelf. Speaking of your shelf uh, point, <laughs> it's like very obvious and it's like very bright. We use pink, but we have green and yellow as well. And it is, it's very different. It's not commonly seen. And I think it's really fun. Your branding's really fun, vibrant, is like another word that comes to mind mm -hmm. and it just feels like young and fresh, which yeah. I'm sure is kind of what you're going for. So definitely. Great, yeah. Great job. Oh, thank you. I love it. So we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I would love to hear a little bit more from you about what some of the biggest challenges have been so far with building Chewies. So I guess getting investors is one, although it sounds like you were pretty successful with that. What are some of the other kind of maybe surprising challenges that have come up? Yeah. The investor part was actually like very, very like surprisingly simple. Like it was, it was much more fun and easier. I was, I was really like setting myself up for the same thing kind of that happened in tech, like for a very a disappointing and long experience, but in the end it would work. It wasn't like that. It was actually really, really positive. So that was good. A couple of things that have been really tough. So when I first, first started with chiwis i thought we would manufacture in-house you know because i made them all the time it's one thing to make something by yourself and another thing to make it in a commercial setting i learned very quickly that that was not the best scenario i was spending like 14 hours in the kitchen not working on the business and doing what i do well and so i ended up taking a lot of time to find the perfect like co-manufacturers so what we do is we have these manufacturers who are like basically beside the farm so the fruit is picked it's like perfectly ripe and it's dried and made into our chips there. And then we ship bulk and we pack everything here. Um, it's so much better because they have the facility and the equipment. Like I would have had to raise way more money if I wanted to do that here. Plus it would have been so expensive. So that when we, I made this huge stink about launching with our co-manufacturers and that was, we were supposed to launch December of 2020 and yeah, December of 2020 made a huge stink on social media. I was like 10 days till we launch nine days. I get to the packaging facility in Vancouver on the day of the launch, so excited. And they're like, everything looks great. We had like thousands of pounds of chips. And I get there and I just look at them and I was like, these are wrong. It's like, these aren't right. And I, it was like, I knew in my gut, oh, it was such like a deep, hurty feeling. It was so bad, but I knew it was like, we can't use these. And our manufacturer actually took full responsibility for it, which is great. But I had to, we had a two month delay. So it was like Christmas was happening and they ended up launching into stores in February, but you know, like that kind of stuff happened. So that was really hard. And then we had a recent thing too, where I ordered 20,000 bags of our bags from a new manufacturer that's local because getting anything overseas right now is like the supply chain, everything so takes along. So ordered 20,000 bags, everything was going so great. It was for the new launch, these like new three flavors. And my social media manager had gone to pick some up to take photos. And she, it was Friday night. I was like having a glass of wine. I'm like, this is all going so well. Everything's going great. I should have known. She texts me or she calls me and she's like, hey, um, should the bags be like kind of translucent? And I was like, what? They're like this nice and matte thick bag. It keeps oh. really fresh. Like it's a crispy, it's a crispy 
product that lasts for a long time. I was like, no, they're not supposed to be like that. And this company did not take responsibility. So it was a $10,000 loss for us. And then we had to like re get them like super, super rushed. These things happen again, take a breath. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, like there's this kind of stuff that pops up. And now that this like 2021 was like a launch and learn year, 2022 is like a real growth year. So, you know, I am excited, but also like, you know, there's the daunting task of hiring, hiring the right people. Who is it? What do they do? How do we grow this fast? Yeah. How do you organize all of this? Like it's a lot. So my brain's constantly trying to figure all these things out. I read a lot at night to try to get the thoughts out of my head from like screaming around. But um, yeah, it's, the challenges won't stop. It's like more, I, I need, I'm, as an entrepreneur, you're often a control freak. And I'm very excited. My, one of my resolutions is to be able to hire people who I trust to manage things that I'm not good at. <laughs> Uh, but here's the thing. Yes, a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. And the best ones do know where and when to relinquish it and delegate. Yeah, yeah. And But you're right. It needs to be the right people that you feel you can really trust, especially this is like, this is your baby now, you know, mm-hmm. like this is your- but I definitely can't do it all. Like I cannot, and I know that. Well, you, and I have. you, you can, and you would burn out and you wouldn't grow the way you want. Yeah. So yeah. that's not an option for you. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not where you're going. Right. No, and I'm excited. It'll be so great to have like an actual team that's probably like invested. Like when I hire, you know, I'm gonna give out some equity to our to the people who I hire. So like they're part of this. Our success is like shared. So yeah, I'm excited for that. But it's gonna be a great year. And you're right. I mean, even if even if you're not an entrepreneur, life is full of challenges and you need to real know how to kind of don't sweat the small stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Last question before we get into this rapid fire round, I would love to hear from you. What is some advice that you would love to give to other women entrepreneurs? What's something that you can impart to them? I mean, you've you've given a lot already, but (laughs) you want to add something that I've like done since the beginning of all of the different things I've done is always surrounding myself with people who have been there, done that, being humble and taking advice and like asking, what am I screwing up on right now? What, what can you see right now that I could be doing better? And just learning from people who have been in your shoes or that you just really respect. So, and once you reach out to people and you get that kind of tribe, those are the ones that again, are going to introduce you to their network and help you along the way having that. And, and, you know, when you're like, kind of solo, like I've been having these sounding boards or people to be like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Like when this new competitor came up, I was like, oh no. Um, and then my, my one, one of my like closest advisors sold his company to a huge pharmaceutical company and then start, and then uh, created another company to compete against them. He's like, I'm the one to, you can vent all the time to me and I'll tell you how to do this. But yeah, having people around that you just can disclose the good, the bad, get feedback on anything. Mm-hmm. Like I have a, I have a team of about five advisors and then I have like people who aren't on the advisory board who I still will chat with. And also having what I'm doing right now that I'm starting, I'm finding five women who are in like food, consumer packaged goods. And we're going to have like a peer group that meets at least once a month to be able to just do that, to be able to share all of those things because you can't just do it on your own. No, absolutely. I love that. There's another mantra of yours. Can't do it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> you'll uh, try, but yeah, yeah, you'll try, but it won't be pretty. 
this has been amazing, Sarah. And I want to acknowledge you for the incredible work you're doing and just the energy you're putting out into the world of committing to being women-led, which is amazing. And we love <laughs> to see it. And for creating such a cool product. It's, it's amazing. Oh, thank you. So let's get into rapid fire. What is a book that's changed your life? So I had to think about this one. It's so I read like a lot, a lot. Like I try to read like between like 30 and a hundred books a year just because it is something that helps me quiet my brain. So I have two. I have one that is nonfiction, which is called Supermaker and it's by Jamie Schmidt. And she, she's the woman who made, started Schmidt's deodorant. So, you know, the natural deodorant, have you ever heard of it? And she grew it from like farmer's market in Portland to selling it for hundreds of millions of dollars. It's a really interesting book and like really cool to read about. And then an author that I love and like, I love reading could just like to get away. It's an author named Matt Haig and he wrote a book. He, there's a, he's written a ton of books. There's one called The Humans, which is like so cute I really do really like all of his books he also he wrote one recently called the midnight library that like went crazy and everyone loves but the humans is my favorite book from him okay adding these to my list I also read like nonstop. so last year I think I I read close to 50 my goal was like about one a week was what I was kind of aiming for. Um, And I always say too, like the more I read, the less I'm on screen, the less I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about stuff that doesn't matter and I'm likely learning something. So yeah, (laughs) good. (laughs) Favorite place you've traveled? I feel like San Sebastian in Spain because I love, I love bite-sized snacks and it's all about (laughs) (laughs) tablets. A girl of my own heart. I want like a piece of everything. I don't want to choose one. I want all of it, but just a little bit of each of it. <laughs> I feel like you should do a mix of your, all the different chips. Well, we have the tropical one of coconut, pineapple, and kiwi, but I think we're going to do like single serve bags and have like a big bag of single serve. I don't know. We'll see. That's yeah. awesome. As someone who has a child, I find that those are very helpful. Those yeah. Types, right. It, I it, think Costco um, would want those instead of having like the, the double serving bag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so many fun things. Uh, what are you most excited for this year? You may have already told us, but calm. No, I'm excited <laughs> to really grow the company. It's not going to be calm. I'm going to be all over the place, but I I'm excited to have a team. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited to, to not be planning a wedding. <laughs> they look like so much fun, but it looks like so much effort. It was, it was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like hoping for a, an enthusiastic, good growth year. And to be proud of whatever happens and not put so much like pressure on, there's no way that's going to happen, but I'm going to try. (laughs) But you aim aim that way. Even if you move a little in that direction, that's a win. What's a lesson you've recently learned? Oh my God. It all kind of goes back to like the taking a beat, like instead of being very reactive, like that's never been a positive thing. And I can actually like very much get like that, even like with emails and stuff, like being able to like, take a second, (laughs) just take a minute. Everybody's dealing with something like just cool it and give it a sec. Mm. I don't know what other, like it all kind of stems around that. Yeah. For me. I love that. Last question. Name a woman who inspires you. Um, Tara Bosch from smart suites. So she, I was in a pitch competition for the tech company when she, and she had won it. Uh, It was the pitch for the purse forum for women entrepreneurs event a bunch of years ago when I was still doing tech and she was talking about smart suites and how like one year they had a 
They were going to supposed to do like $400,000 in revenue and did 16 million. And like she, she just blew it up and like they sold for, I think, 400 million last year. And she actually has a TV subscription monthly on the site. And her and I are supposed to meet, I've never met her like face to face. We're supposed to meet up and then in the new year, like she's someone who has done something similar to what I would like to do. Yeah. I love that product. And I think it's, she's just really inspirational. So like, she definitely is like a very big inspiration to me. Absolutely. And a little bit of those like disruptor vibes of like, yes, this has never been mm-hmm. done before. Like we're going to come here, come in here and just kind of like shake it up. <laughs> which yeah. <I> love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you again so much, Sarah. Let's get, make sure everyone knows where to find you. So where's the best place to go check everything out? So we're in stores all over BC and in, getting into Ontario right now. But if you want to buy them in stores, Whole Foods, Fresh Street Market, Choices, Nestor's, IGA. Also, you can buy online. We deliver for free all over Canada. So it's www.chiwis.co. And then, yeah, just like follow us on Instagram. We're chiwis underscore snacks. So yeah, we're hopefully going to get into like all the stores this year and just keep on hopefully make some new new different snacks too who knows we have the five but uh we'll see what happens we're all about like just all natural nothing added ever feel good about eating can eat multiple bags and you're good to go (laughs) i love that for us (laughs) (laughs) thanks again sarah yeah no problem thank you thank you so much for tuning in to the girls who run the world podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend who would love it Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to OurGorongosa.com and find us on social at OurGorongosa. 